0: Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. How will the world be saved? And the answer is surprising. Slowly, humbly, the world will be saved, one foot at a time. We're on this journey from ashes to beauty and and this is the climax of it, this is Holy Week. Tomorrow's Good Friday. And I want to remind all of you, we're going live tomorrow, 7 o'clock in the morning, California time. And wherever you are in the country or around the world, if you're able to join us live for those moments, as we remember Jesus at the cross, that would be a beautiful thing. I would love to see you there. This is Holy Thursday. Uh, in the Orthodox Syriac Church, they call it the Thursday of Mysteries. Because the revelation of a God who would choose to suffer and humble himself is something no human being could ever predict. It's often called Monday Thursday because of a command that Jesus gives. In John chapter 13, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, so also you love one another. By this, everybody in the world will be able to tell, you are my people, my community, my disciples, that you love one another. Now, of course, the idea of love was not new. Back in Israel, they celebrated the fact that God was a God who wanted to be loved, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. What makes the commandment new, of course, is Jesus. As I have loved you. In other words, I've given you a pattern, an example. I've shown you what love has looked like. Not just that. You are living in my love. you got a power for love now. Out of the wellspring of my love for you, you can give love to other people. And then what makes it new also is now there's this new community. And old barriers, ethnic, gender, economic, status, they're just wiped out. When you're part of this new community, the community of the withered hand, where personal inadequacy is recognized and that recognition is celebrated. The worse your story, the warmer you're welcome. That's the badge. That's the signature of God's presence in this sorry, dark world. And on the night before Jesus was to die, uh, he gave to his disciples an ultimate picture, a pattern of what his life was like and how we are to live. We've been on this journey where we're learning together about a way of life. It starts by my acknowledging my own powerlessness. I can't, but God can. And so I surrender to Him. I turn over to Him my life and my will. I ask for His help to look honestly at myself, do a fearless and searching moral inventory. And then I tell another person, as well as God and myself, the exact nature of my wrongs. And I ask God to remove my character defects and my flaws. And I get serious about looking at my relationships and trying to repair the damage that I have done. I incorporate this way of living into my life from one day to the next. I try to go through my days living in conscious contact with God. I I get still and I get real before Him. But there is yet another step in this journey, and it's kind of the capstone one. And it is that we all realize this journey that you're on is not really about you at all. It's about you becoming a conduit so that that love of God can flow in you and through you to other people. And this is what Jesus will teach in unforgettable fashion on Monday, Thursday, on New Commandment Thursday. This is from John 13. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And by the way, can I say that is true of you. Jesus loves you and he will love you to the end. And this is what appears to be just one more meal. And they had had how many hundreds of meals together before? But this time, something different happens. While the evening meal is in progress, the text says that Jesus, who knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. Now, this is quite remarkable. Jesus knew that he had enormous authority. He knew that he had a matchless origin. And he knew, he knew that he had an unsurpassed destiny. And he uses all of this not to try to impress anybody with who he is. Precisely because he knew all of these things, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. This is the God of the universe. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. Now this is about as low as you could get on the, on the scale of servant tasks because the paths on which people walked in that day were not just dirty, but often filled with all kinds of, uh, filth from animals. And so, uh, foot washing was something that if you were an Israelite, you didn't even have to do if you were a slave. It was considered so demeaning that one writer notes there is no record in extent ancient literature, of a person of superior status voluntarily washing the feet of people of inferior status. Until this one. With the person whose status is infinitely superior to ours. And this is kind of a picture of Jesus' whole life. He took off his outer clothing, he took off his majesty, he took off everything that would dazzle and clothes himself as a servant, becomes a human being. When he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher, Lord, boss, coach, master, president, chief, name it. And rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And we are just servants. We are just messengers. Jesus says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed. He doesn't say you'll be blessed if you know them. He says you'll be blessed if you do them. We were made to serve. And this is the capstone. We lose the life apart from this. Our life together began with this paradox that uh, it is in acknowledging my powerlessness and surrendering that I receive power. In weakness, I find God's strength. And we end in this paradox, in giving, we receive. As you... Probably know. You You might not have known if you're not familiar with the program. We have been walking through this framework for spiritual life that is really a gift to the church and the world from Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 Steps. And they were codified primarily by a man by the name of Bill W. Bill had struggled with this horrible addiction to alcohol that he knew he could not master. And finally, after many, many years and, and suicidal despair, he met God. And he began to discover, actually through a group of Christians, through a ministry that was called the Oxford Group. The Oxford Group had been begun years earlier by a Lutheran pastor named Frank Bachman to try to recapture the practices of following Jesus that characterized the early church centuries later. And that's where Bill W. stumbled into and learned about the importance of surrender and fellowship and receiving guidance and taking inventory and confessing before another person and trying to make amends and seeking to make conscious contact with God through prayer. All of this was stuff that followers of Jesus have been doing for centuries, not rocket science, not not anything brand new. It's just as as Bill W. began to discover them, he found that if you do them with great intensity— By the way, one of the byproducts is you receive the power to be liberated from an addiction to alcohol or or gambling or shopping or other substances, any number of addictions. But it wasn't finished yet. Bill W. had been sober for some time, for months. He'd been trying to help other people, but it hadn't worked. And he was on a business trip to Akron, Ohio. The trip had not gone well. He was quite depressed. He was in a hotel. And then he noticed there was a bar at the end of the hotel. And all of a sudden, he realized, for all that he had learned thus far, he was about to go and get drunk. And he knew that meant his life would be over. There would be absolutely nothing but despair for him. But at the other end of the hotel lobby was a telephone. And the thought came into his mind. You could find another alcoholic And tell him your story. It's a true story. Bill W. went to that phone and began calling churches. He didn't know how else to locate a drunk. To see if churches had an Oxford group and if there was anybody. And he was able to find a man named Dr. Bob. And they talked for four hours. Bill poured out his story. And Dr. Bob was saved. And Dr. Bob took his last drink on June 10th, 1935. That's the birth date of AA. But the reason Bill W. told Dr. Bob wasn't primarily to save Dr. Bob, it was to save Bill. Because there is no healing without helping. And that's what you remember today. That's what I remember today. This world will be saved. We will experience meaning and dignity one foot at a time, one stinking foot at a time. So today, Monday, Thursday... Remember that Jesus, who, having loved his own, loved them to the end. Today live one foot at a time, one moment at a time, in this conversation, cleaning up around the house, sending off an email, running an errand, saying a prayer. Who can I serve? This is the community of the withered hand that, uh, by its love, will let people know there is a God Live today, Monday, Thursday, with the Jesus who became a slave, one foot at a time. And I'll see you tomorrow.